Welcome to The Upward Journey, the podcast ministry of Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina. Helper, Holy Ghost, Advocate, Teacher, Counselor, Comforter. All of these names and several more can be found in the Bible and are used to describe one being, the Holy Spirit. We read in the Bible about it empowering disciples, providing wisdom, and praying on our behalf. We also read that it lives in us. It's all pretty amazing and maybe even a little intimidating. Most Christians will tell you that they want to be full of the Holy Spirit, yet many of those same will tell you that they're not sure what that means. So what does the Holy Spirit mean to us today? Is it still empowering God's children? Can we experience it for ourselves? We explore all of those questions and more in our current series, Manifest. Let's dive in together and continue the Upward Journey. Oh, good morning, Upward. Are you glad to be here today? I am so happy to be here together. Isn't it a joy? No, we're here because we love Jesus this morning. We're not here because we're obligated. We're not here because anybody shamed us into coming this morning or we felt a sense of duty or obligation. We're here because we love Jesus this morning. We love each other. It's just good to be together today. Aren't you glad? It's like a refreshing to me when we come together on Sundays just to enjoy seeing y'all and shaking hands and hugging people's necks and just fellowshipping in Jesus. So I'm glad you're here today. What a joy to see these people baptized. Wasn't that precious? It's a joy to see. Uh, we've had about, uh, I think we have uh, nine or ten people getting baptized over the course of this weekend, and we're so uh, thankful for that. God has blessed us. We're in part two of a series called Manifest, and we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And I know you're excited about that. We're, are you excited about that? Uh, don't Let me just think that. You're excited to learn about the Holy Spirit. Some of you full speed ahead. Go, Pastor. Some of you may, th- may be thinking, this is my first Sunday here, and they're breaking out that Holy Spirit stuff. The Holy Spirit is a good person. We talked about last week how the Holy Spirit is our helper. And He helps us when we need help, and that's all the time. Today we're going to move on and talk about the Holy Spirit, our powerful friend. And the key word today is power. Can you go ahead and say that? Power. You might be saying that a couple times today. Power. The Holy Spirit is our powerful friend. And I like having powerful friends. I have a powerful friend. His name is Derek, and he's powerful in many ways. But one of the ways is he's built like an oak tree. Anybody got any friends like that who, if there's trouble, you want to get behind them? You want them on your team? Derek's a big old boy, and I love him so much. For a long time, he served on our security team here at church, keeping all of us safe. And Derek told me one time, he said, Pastor, uh, I know sometimes people target you. He said, but as long as I'm here, nobody's getting to you. Boy, I felt safe right then. Trouble happens, I'm just going to be there with Derek. Any of y'all ever had friends like that who you could go anywhere with them, nobody's going to mess with you? Powerful. I know what some of you guys are thinking. I am that person. (laughs) Or I want to be that person. That's me, Pastor. Yeah, you go ahead and think that. But uh, Derek really is that guy. One day, we, we got news from the sheriff's department that there was a person going around in the community and disrupting church services, and he would come in dressed up like an Old Testament prophet, 
And then uh, during his, his way of operating was he'd sit in the service and then about some point in the pastor's message, he would come walking down the front and want to distract and disrupt things. So uh, we were alerted to that. And sure enough, that Sunday, the guy comes. But he is so blessed that he came on the Sunday that Derek was on security. <laughs> so he comes in and he's dressed up like a prophet. And that kind of tipped us off there that something was going on, you know. So... Uh, uh, the robe and a belt and all kinds of stuff, and he sat near the back. And at the time, we had a center aisle right down the middle here. And I, I just, I was trying to preach, but I just knew something was going to happen. You've never lived until you've tried to preach to people knowing something's about to go down. I mean, I'm like, here it comes, it's going to happen. Finally, I get near the end of the sermon, and he comes walking right down the aisle, and he comes up towards me. And I thought, here we go. Just so y'all know, I'm ready show y'all something. I'm ready. We'll put spikes on the bottom of this thing. Really, weren't you impressed how quickly I grabbed that up? Nobody's been impressed all weekend. He comes right up the center aisle, and before I could, we had a different pulpit then. This one wasn't, this, this one's more of a weapon, you know, but, uh, I thought, oh, something's going to happen. Out of the corner of my eye over here, I saw Derek get up and start coming this way. And I started to pray in my heart. Wasn't praying for y'all, for me, or for Derek. I was praying for that guy. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, help Derek exercise some restraint today. Derek and a couple other guys got with that guy, and they put their arms around him. And just led him out into the lobby. And you know what happened? I didn't know what would happen. Derek came back after the service. He said, preacher, said, we just prayed for that guy. They took him outside and prayed for him and encouraged him. And I thought, it is wonderful to have a friend like that. I've got a friend like that. And his name is the Holy Spirit. Who is my powerful, powerful friend. Now, I'm going to take you to a verse in the Bible to start off this morning that I love. That makes me dissatisfied and excited at the same time. And here it is, John 14, 12. Jesus had just told the disciples he was leaving. He's going to heaven. He had resurrected. He was about to, this was before he went to the cross. And, and he told them, I'm going to go away. And they freak out about it. And then he talks to them in John 14, 15, and 16, trying to explain to them that it's a good thing that he goes away because if he goes away, then the Holy Spirit comes. And he says this to the disciples. And this is really powerful stuff. I don't want you just to read over this verse and just, you know, just pass over it. I want you to hear what he says because it's really powerful and really challenging. He says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done. Now, I want you just to chew on that for just a minute here today. If you've read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, or any one of them, you know that Jesus did some incredibly powerful things while He was on this earth. He opened blinded eyes. He healed sick bodies. He raised people from the dead. Everywhere He went, people were being changed by the power of God. And what he says in this passage is so powerful for us. This is what he says. Anyone who believes on me will live a life just like I lived. Y'all are so quiet. 
Anyone who comes to faith in me and believes me fully will do the very same things in their earthly life that I did in mine. I want to raise the bar up this morning just a little bit and say this. Jesus didn't die just so we could gather here on the weekends and have a good worship service. Jesus did not die so that we could build an organization or an institution. Jesus did not die certainly so that we could go on social media and tell everybody how right we are. Jesus died for us to transform our world with the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. That's good preaching, Brother Andy. Really good stuff. (laughs) I'm going to bring it. Thank you. It's coming. He died for the power of the Holy Spirit to be manifest in our daily lives. I'm really happy you're coming to Upward. I see new faces every week, and I see new faces sticking around. We have people watching online. So thankful for our online audience, and many of you watch from all over the world, and some of you that watch locally are here now, and I'm so glad that you're here. God's doing some good things, but I want to repeat this over and over again. The reason Upward exists is not to pack you guys in a building and say, look at how many people we have sitting in our seats. The reason Upward exists and the reason the church of Jesus Christ exists is so we can come in here, yes, and be encouraged and filled and blessed and then can get out of this place and go out into our worlds and change our worlds for Jesus Christ. So many people are worried about the problems in the world today. Anybody worried about any troubles in the world today? So many people are feeling powerless to change anything. Anybody just felt that recently? I would love to see a change in my world, but I really kind of feel powerless to make any change. Can I see your hands if you felt that way? I really want to make a difference, but I don't know what to do to make a difference. This message is for you because we're going to learn today how the Holy Spirit is a powerful friend who comes to live in us so that we may change our world for Jesus Christ. Jesus said, the same works you will do, and even greater works will you do than I've done. I want you to understand this today. A world full of problems needs a church full of power. world full of problems needs a church filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Power changes things. Now you ask ourselves, well, why don't we see that kind of power work? When I read the life of Jesus, and then when I read the New Testament church, you read the New Testament church, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they went everywhere doing the works of Jesus. There's a section there, a story there in the book of Acts, is when Peter, the apostle Peter, is just walking down the road, and they would bring sick people, and they would lay them out in the road so that when Peter walked by, his shadow would pass over them, And there are instances in the Bible of when Peter's shadow passed over people, they got healed. He didn't stop to have a healing service. He just walks by and people get healed. Jesus said, I believe this verse tells us that Jesus is saying that should be the norm in Christian life. Jesus died for so much more than for us just to gather here. 
He wants to manifest his power in our world. How many of you think Henderson County needs the power of Jesus Christ manifest in it? There are drug addicts in Henderson County that need to be set free. And the one thing that can set them free more than anything else is the power of the Holy Spirit. There are families that are broken apart that need to put back together, be put back together. And the one thing that can put families back together is the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen this morning? There are situations and problems that we cannot solve politically. There are problems that have no political solution. Now, I know everybody in this building, you're for your person. You for your person? You ought to be. You ready to stand up for your political beliefs? This is not a trick question. You ought to be. I believe this. Uh, This has always been the case. In the book of Acts chapter 1, where we're going in just a sec, Jesus has died, been buried, and risen from the dead. He's come back, and he spent some days with his disciples before he ascended into heaven. And they're having a conversation in the book of Acts chapter 1, and uh, Luke records this, and the disciples still don't get it. Jesus has been raised from the dead, and they're still asking him dumb questions. They ask him this. They said, Jesus, is is now the time you're going to restore political power to Israel? Is now the time when the kingdom's going to be back in Israel? Is now the time when you're going to throw off the yoke of Roman oppression off our nation? Is it time for that now? And Jesus said, it's not for you to know the times and seasons that God holds in His power. Jesus says, That's not what this is about. I didn't die for you to have a political reformation. Now hear me, please hear me on this. I do not believe that because we're Christians, we're supposed to be silent about political issues. I believe we are to be active. I believe we're to make our voices heard in a Christ-like spirit. I believe we are to vote. Nothing wrong with you expressing what you believe to be true. But we are not ultimately to rest our hopes on political power. We are to rest our hopes on the power of the Holy Spirit that is available to us through our Savior, Jesus Christ. That is the power that will change the world. You want to change the world, you got to change hearts. And the only power that can change hearts is this power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said this to the disciples. He said, it's not for you to know all this He commanded them this. He said, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift He promised, as I told you before. For John truly baptized with water. We saw baptism in water this morning. Beautiful symbol. He said, John baptized you or immersed you in water. He said, you're going to be baptized or immersed in the Holy Spirit in just a few days. And here's what He said would happen. Acts 1.8. You will receive, there's our word. I gave this away at the start of the message, and you're still not with. You will receive, and it's on the board, class. You will receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. We receive power for this reason. 
We don't receive the power of the Holy Spirit to make us weird. Because some of y'all can do that without God. (laughs) You don't need any help. We don't receive the Holy Spirit to make us weird. We receive the Holy Spirit to make us witnesses. And powerful witnesses. Jesus said you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then you're going to be my witnesses. You're going to get out of the room. First of all, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem. That's where they were when all this happened. Then you're going to branch out to Judea. That was the region that Jerusalem was in. You're going to go from being a city movement to a regional movement. Then you're going to go to Samaria. Uh Uh-oh, that was a problem because they were prejudiced against the Samaritans. See, what Jesus will do, he'll start with power in your own locality. He'll move out regionally. He'll begin to touch people. And then he'll begin to touch people that you didn't necessarily like before you met him. Hallelujah. You want to know how to solve the racial problem that exists in our world today? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. You want to know how you can make a difference in your world? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's more powerful than any political involvement you could get is to be filled from head to toe, inside and out, with the Holy Spirit, manifesting Jesus. See, when the Holy Spirit comes in, you can't be a racist anymore. I don't believe there's such a thing as a Christian racist. Because when Jesus changes your heart, you love people regardless of where they come from, what they look like, what language they speak, or the color of their skin. The Holy Spirit takes all that away. You'll go to Samaria. Then he says you'll go to the ends of the earth. Your witness will spread all over the globe. Now people say this. When you talk about receiving the power of the Holy Spirit, they say, well, don't I already have the Holy Spirit? Well, the answer is, if you're a Christian, you do. The Holy Spirit lives in you if you know Jesus Christ. I love that. I love the fact that the Holy Spirit lives in me. When I say yes to Jesus and receive Him as my Savior, He puts His Spirit within me. That's His life. That's His breath. When I got saved, before I got saved, I struggled with fear. I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but when, and I was 19, 20 years old. Uh, I would lay down at bed at night, and I just couldn't sleep because I was tormented by fear. It was, like a, it was like a weight was laying on my chest. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You just lay down, and it's like a weight. It's just, it, it feels like a guy took a plate from the gym and just put it on my chest, and I couldn't sleep. And I was only 20. I didn't even have problems then. But I was worried about my future. I was worried about life. I was worried about so many things. Anxiety just rested on me like a weight. And I remember when I came to Jesus Christ, I started reading the Bible. And I started believing the Bible. And after a week or so of doing that and just praying, saying, God changed my life, I realized what I had to do is just surrender my life to Jesus and say yes to Him. And I knelt down at the foot of my bed and I just said, Jesus... I didn't pray any crazy, flowery, eloquent prayer. I just said, Jesus, my life's a mess, and I'm scared of everything. I don't know how to live anymore. Jesus, I just give this mess to you and ask you to do whatever you can with it. And he came in. His Holy Spirit came in. And I remember the first night that I went to bed as a Christian, I laid my head on my pillow, and I closed my eyes, and all of a sudden it hit me. It's gone. Jesus took that weight from my life. Why? Because the Holy Spirit came in. 
and change something in here. Have you ever struggled with fear again? Yes. Have you ever felt anxiety again? Yes. But I've learned that I have a powerful friend living inside of me. The Holy Spirit comes to live in you. Understand this. Don't be confused about this. When you come to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Don't you realize all of you together are the temple of God and the Spirit of God lives in you? But there's somewhere deeper to go. There's somewhere even more powerful to go. Jesus told the disciples, don't leave Jerusalem. Now, I believe at this moment when Jesus is speaking with the disciples post-resurrection, they knew Jesus. They had a relationship with Jesus. They had expressed faith in Jesus. In our language, I think it's safe to say they were saved, as we call it. But Jesus still said, don't go out of the, into this world to minister for me. Don't go out of this world to live for me until you have received the power of the Holy Spirit. We need power. Amen. Power changes things. Power illuminates things. We had a time in this church when the, we were preaching. I was right in the middle of the second or third service and all the lights went out. No mic, no nothing. We just opened those side doors and I yelled the rest of the service. We need power. We need power out on the street. One of the things, and we're going to talk about it next week, when the Holy Spirit fell on the early church in power, first thing they did was get out of the building. The gathering ceased to be the most important thing and the community became the focus. Amen, preacher. I'm already preaching next week. I'm telling too much. We need power when we're out on the street and somebody needs Jesus. Because words alone don't change hearts. Power changes hearts. Amen? You can know Jesus and love Jesus and not be walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. What I'm going to challenge you to do today is just say, Jesus, I want what you promised in Acts 1.8. I want power from heaven to descend into my life and fill me so that I can change people for you. There's a young man named D.L. Moody. Anybody heard of D.L. Moody? Ever heard of the Moody Bible Institute in Chicago? D.L. Moody was one of the heroes of the Christian faith in the United States. He kind of pioneered, he was one of the early pioneers of Sunday school, sidewalk Sunday school. He reached kids all over his community and he preached and people would get saved. But he approached a season of ministry that he just really felt burned out. And he was preaching during that season. And at the end of one of his messages, two little old ladies came up to him. Got to watch out for the little old ladies. I'm kidding. I love you, little old ladies. You know who you are. I will not attempt to say which ones you are. Two little old ladies came up to him. They said, Brother Moody, we're praying for you. And he said, well, thank you. He said, your prayers might be better focused on praying for lost people that need Jesus, but thank you for your prayers. He said, what are you praying for me for? They said, you need power. 
He said, what are you talking about? They said, you need the power of the Holy Spirit, Brother Moody. Boy, that took some boldness. Tell D.L. Moody he needed power. He's already winning people. They didn't know that inside his heart he was going through burnout, not knowing if he could continue. And he went home and he prayed about it. He came back to him the next week and he said, you know, you're right. Would you pray for me that I would be empowered by the Holy Spirit? The best leaders are always the most humble leaders. The best leaders are never too big for somebody else to pray for them. The best leaders want to be surrounded by the little old ladies praying for him. So he said, pray for me. I need that power. They prayed for him. Nothing happened right there. But he said a hunger came in his heart. A hunger to know Jesus better. And that's what the Holy Spirit has come to do to help you know Jesus better. A hunger to be more empowered. And he began to pray. And he said one day, not long after that, he was walking down the streets of New York City. And he said, God's power just came upon him. Now, don't let that weird you out, okay? If, if that's sort of weirding you out right now, let me tell you, the Holy Spirit's power is not some transcendental, psychedelic trance of weirdness that comes upon you and you lose all capabilities and you just become crazy. That's what some people think of people that talk like this. That it's just some crazy hypnotic thing. Moody described it as the pure joy of the Lord being poured out in his heart. He described it as an experience of perfect love. He said that just came upon his heart and he was so joyful he couldn't contain it. You ever been so happy you just couldn't contain it anymore? And he said, I didn't know what to do. I was out on a public street. So he said, I had a friend in the city and he went to the friend's house and he knocked on the door. He said, let me in. Friend let him in. He said, can I just use one of your rooms for a little while? And he went in the room. He went into one of the bedrooms and he said, the Lord poured his joy and his love out upon him and his power in such an incredible way that Moody later said, he said, I asked God to stop. He said, I told the Lord, Lord, you got to stop or this is going to kill me. This is more joy than my human body can contain. Imagine that. Imagine being filled with such joy that you just can't contain it. You can't keep quiet about it anymore. Imagine being filled with such love that you can't walk by people on the street and let them stay in need. See, the people, hear me. The people that really manifest Jesus in the world are not super spiritual, mysterious people that never walk out into the world. They are people that are so filled with the love of Jesus that they can't walk by a sick person without saying, can I pray for you? They can't just close their eyes to a need and let it go. They're filled with the love of Jesus. Moody said that lasted for a couple of hours. He was in that room and he came out a different man. When Moody preached now, people got saved by the thousands. Anybody just tired of the -the run-of-the-mill, normal Christian life? And you'd like to have power in your life to live as Jesus did and as the early church did, that everywhere you go, God is doing things to set people free. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. I used to watch Billy Graham preach. If any man manifests the Holy Spirit, it's Billy Graham. 
Because the key to the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is people get saved. Billy Graham would preach. He didn't wave his hands. He never did this. You got to do this. He didn't wear black. Um, he preached the simplest messages. Billy Graham would preach a simple message, and I would think, I could do that. In fact, I do that. Billy Graham would say, play just as I am, come. And thousands of people would come to Jesus. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what he does. Jesus said, you will receive power. You will be my witnesses. Amen? Amen. It's a joy and a blessing to be inhabited by the Holy Spirit. It's a great joy and a blessing also to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And that's what D.L. Moody found. And that's what's available to you and I today. The Greek word power is the word in Greek. It's dunamis. You might think of a word that might sound like that. Dynamo, dynamite. It means power to change lives. We are empowered to manifest Jesus, to be and to do in any given situation. See, the gifts of the Spirit are not toys for us to play with in church. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are given us to transform our world. Have you ever been in a situation where there was a need and a person wouldn't tell you about it? You really needed to pray for them, but they clammed up. There's a spiritual gift called the Word of Knowledge. That's when by the power of the Holy Spirit, God tells you something that you wouldn't know otherwise. Supernaturally, God puts it in you. Some people have come to me before and said, Pastor, I'd like to pray for you. And I'm like, for what? And then they tell me something that I've been struggling with that I hadn't told anybody about. And when they tell me that, I'm like, oh, that's God. You ever been in a situation, maybe you're in a meeting or maybe you're with family and friends and you're talking over a, or through a big problem and there's not a solution that presents itself and all of a sudden somebody comes up with a wise word, a word of wisdom that answers the situation. That's the spiritual gift of the word of wisdom. You ever been around any sick people? There's a spiritual gift of healing. Have you ever faced an impossible situation? There's a spiritual gift of faith. There are people that need to hear the gospel in their own language. There is a spiritual gift of speaking in other languages by the power of the Holy Spirit. I know, that's the weird one. We're going to take a whole message to just talk about that. Some of you are freaked out about that. You don't need to freak out about any of these gifts. They're given so that you may manifest Jesus in a situation. We need that power. I asked God this week, I said, God, I just preached on the Holy Spirit, our helper. You got to help me this week. Because I got to go back with some stories next week of what you did. I asked God that. I said, God, when I preach this second message, I want you to show me. And oh, he did. My wife, you know, has been struggling with an illness lately since August. 
She's been battling this illness called hemolytic anemia. It's where your body's immune system attacks your red blood cells and destroys them. So she was just losing blood. Her body was attacking her own blood. And so she got really sick, spent a couple nights in the hospitals, had about seven units of blood over the past two months. So thank you so much for your prayer. She was sitting at home the other day, and she's been able to work from home. And she was at home the other day, and she, she called me, and I had a lunch meeting. She said, what you having for lunch? And I told her, She's mad because <laughs> I was having something better than her. She said, I don't have anything to eat at the house. Have you ever been at home? And the, the wrong answer is, I know there's groceries there. Yeah. <laughs> what it means is I don't have anything to eat at home that I want right now. Anybody ever been in that situation? You just look through and there's just nothing there. She sat down and she thought, now she's simple taste. She said, I just want some cheese and crackers. So she went and there was cheese, but there was no crackers. I want cheese and crackers. And she just said this. You know how sometimes you say, Lord, I'd like, God hears that. She said, Lord, I'd like some cheese and crackers. And there's no cheese and crackers here. Doorbell rang. I'm not making this up. She went and opened the door, and there's a box there. She opens the box, and it's a gift box from one of y'all full of cheese and crackers. They were almost gone when I got home. Because she believes that was her miracle. What was that? Simple as that may sound. That was the power of the Holy Spirit. Because God spoke by word of knowledge, I believe, to one of you guys, however long, a week or two early, and ordered that thing. And then God arranged it by His Spirit so it would arrive at our door the moment it was needed. Power of the Holy Spirit's real, friends. Don't run from it. Run to it. Say, God, I want you to be everything in my life you want to be. One more thing and I'm going to quit. I said, God, you manifest yourself to us and do it through us now. Show yourself to touch somebody else. I woke up one morning last week, and this is not to make me the hero because I'm completely dependent on the Holy Spirit just like you are. I woke up one morning this week, and I was praying in the morning, and I kept seeing one of my friend's faces. I kept seeing it in my, in my spirit. You know, you know what I'm talking about? You will. See, to manifest the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we've got to start living and thinking and breathing and operating more by our spirits than by our emotions. By our spirits than by our senses. And I just kept seeing this guy's face in my spirit. And I've learned, and it's taken me a while to learn that. When God puts somebody on my heart like that, the Holy Spirit wants me to pray for them. And oftentimes the Holy Spirit wants me to reach out to them. So I had this guy and I said, Lord, I'm going to obey you. I've preached on this and I want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit today. So I keep seeing this guy's face. I'm going to text this guy. So I texted this friend of mine and I said, man, I just wanted you to know I love you. I was thinking about you. I had you on my heart this morning and I'm praying for you. That very afternoon, a text came back from him and he, he said in so many words, he said, Andy, you have no idea. He said, uh, two minutes before your text came in, my worst nightmare had come true. 
And at one of the lowest points of his life, two minutes later, he gets a text from a friend saying, I love you and I'm praying for you. God does stuff like that for us, folks, just to say, I'm here. I'm here. So that doesn't sound so powerful. When you're in the moment, it is powerful. We were able to go to the doctor this week, and I want to give you good news. We got the best lab report from the doctor this week that we've had in three months. Good things headed in the right direction. That power is real. His power is real. And I pray that you'll invite His power into your life. We're going to explain further over the next two or three weeks. Learn some more. We're going to see God do some great things. Oh, Lord. Oh, let me bless you this morning. I bless you with Acts 1.8. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you. And you'll be my witnesses in Hendersonville, in Buncombe, Transylvania, Polk Counties, Western North Carolina, across your state, your nation, and your world. That's you. And you're sent today to be those powerful witnesses. I commission you now in the power of the Holy Spirit. Go take Jesus into your world. Amen. Quick announcement. Quick announcement before you go. How many have gotten used to these three services? Some of you have finally started coming at the right times. Right today, we're ripping the rug right out from under you and changing it up again. I've gotten groans all day. What's fun about it is we get to bring all the chairs back in this week. All the chairs will be back. It's only half of them. All the chairs will be back, and we'll be meeting on Sunday mornings in two services, not three. Now, I want everybody to repeat after me. 9.30 and 11. Not 10.15. Not 9 o'clock. Not 11.30. 9.30 and 11. I'll see some of y'all at 9 o'clock next week, and some at 10.15. That'll be wandering in in the middle, and we'll still let you in. 9.30 and 11. The joy of it is we'll all be back together. We'll see friends again. I love it. I'll see you next week in two services. Love y'all. Thank you for a beautiful day. Love you so much. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Upward Journey. If you would like to find out more about Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina, you can look up our website at ucf.cc or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Fellowship. We invite you to join us next week as we continue The Upward Journey.